didn't even have a television. I experimented heavily, sexually, chemically, ontologically, pretentiously, and my successful avoidance of Coke, the soda, became my one surviving trump card in a game of Never Have I Ever. It was no longer a stance, but an extension of my identity. You don't just give up being Catholic or liking Radiohead. In short, I was awful. But in hindsight, I concede, it's relatively easy to opt out of universality by opting in to something more fringe. If you want to know something few humans have known, you can go to space, or have sex with your brother, or take up heroin, or the priesthood. For all our fascination with those tireless weirdos who crack the narrow band of human experience, it's easy to forget that, on a fundamental level, Becoming an anomaly just means signing yourself up. No disrespect to junkies or Neil Armstrong, but taking action is easy compared to total and passive abstinence. So many choices are made on our behalf before we're old enough to opt out on principle. Even the snob who doesn't have a television probably caught an episode of Sesame Street at some point. Most American vegetarians ate meat before cultivating politics and or food-based affectations. In 24 years of never trying Coke, I've done something remarkable just by doing nothing. But the takeaway, to clarify, is not to conflate the remarkable with the laudable. Just because it's noteworthy to have sex with your brother, that doesn't mean anyone should be expected to clap. Over time, it becomes burdensome to sustain so much specialness. And soon you find yourself eager for the latest blockbuster, sympathizing with the ticky-tacky folks in your hometown, and choosing your shoes on the basis of comfort. Or at least, that's where I'm at right now, exhausted from holding the pose for so long, which is why I'm ready to drink my first Coke. The taste test begins at my desk in Queens, with a clear line of sight across the way into Gourmet Deli on Onderdonk Avenue. It's your standard sandwiches and lotto bodega. Nothing fussy, nothing organic. A great place to buy a pack of 27s, smoke two, and throw the rest away from guilt, I've heard. Anyway, I could walk across the street right now, pay for a 20-ounce plastic bottle of Coke, crack the seal right in the store, and drink it next to the register. I suspect this is how most people drink Coke, without too much ceremony, and that sounds wonderful. As a matter of principle, I don't stand for anything too pointlessly complicated in either direction. I wouldn't be caught dead with my fingers in a jar of Sir Kensington's gourmet ketchup, nor would I stray too far out of the way to hunt down the diviest or most authentic anything. A plastic bottle Coke in the doorway of a bodega sounds, theoretically, refreshing. But it seems a too careless way to set out to drink my first. Ordinary Coke drinkers cultivate their preferences over a lifetime of incidental trial and error. I have a deadline four weeks away. Where to begin? Search How to Try Coke. Revise to How to Try Coca-Cola and then finally drink my first Coke. A whole lot of info on how to quit drinking Coke, but nothing for beginners who are just starting out. There are wiki-how tutorials on how to breathe, how to pee, how to love, and how to cry,
but drinking coke apparently demands less instruction than functions which are naturally regulated by the brain. I clear off my desk, pull out a legal pad, and explode a coke into all its component parts. In column one, I list possible variations on the liquid. Classic, diet, cherry, Mexican, zero, vanilla, and caffeine-free. In column two, I make note of the trappings and tackle. Straw, no straw, lemon, no lemon, bottle, fountain, can, ice, et al. Next to ice, with the guidance of a restaurant supply company website, I note six common shapes of machine-produced cubes. Square, half cube, crescent, flake, gourmet, top hat, and my favorite, the soft, chewable cylinders known variously as pearl, gem, tubelet, and tubular nugget. None of this accounts for the extra...